Shalom to everyone. In this week's parsha, Parshas Boi, there is Maleve Gadush, which means it's overly packed with a lot of Divaytar uh, to say, obviously, as Bnei Israel are getting ready to leave Mitzrayim. And we have the three last Makois, which is Ramuz hinted that that fact is hinted in the name of the parsha Boi, which is Bet Aleph, which in Gematria, the numerical value of that is three, and there's three Makot in this Parsha. However, I would like to to discuss with you a very interesting uh, Kasha that I heard B'Shem Rav Zev Lef. I heard him say uh, a Drasha at one time, on this, not really on this topic, but this uh, he used this question to, to bring out his Yesoid, his idea, and I want to share it with you. And uh, even bring a story that he brought at the time to bring the point home. The question is, as we know, Bnei Israel before they left, then Akadosh Bulhu told them that he's going to make the Mitzvim like them, and they should go in and ask them to borrow money. And not many people know this idea, but this fact that also clothing. How do I know this? It says in Parashas Boi Perek Yud Base Pasuk Lamed Hey, Uvnei Yisrael asuk dvar Moshe. Bnei Yisrael did as Moshe commanded them, based on what Hashem commanded them. Beitzem, Vayshalu mitzrayim, and they borrowed from mitzrayim klei chesef uchlei zahav usmalot, which means all kinds of uh, jewelry, gold, silver, and clothing. So we see that they took their clothing, of course. They didn't really borrow, they took it, and that's another question I'm not going to deal with. How can a Kodesh Buhu tell them to steal? Because uh, it's a machlik, it's in the Gemara, and we paskin that a person, the halacha is, a person is not allowed to steal from a goy. So how are we stealing here? So there's many answers to this question. The main one is, a Kodesh Buhu punishes midah keneged midah, just like what they did to us. A Kodesh Buhu is getting back to them, and we know that that's how they started making us be slaves for them. They pretended we're just working for one day, we're all working together. Even the King Pharaoh himself, Pharaoh himself, worked with us. And then suddenly they saw that when we had motivation to work, how much we did, how many levenim, how many blocks we were able to build per day, and they even paid us. And then slowly, slowly it became into slavery. And that's called perach befarich, meaning with a soft voice, because at, at the beginning they were friendly with us, and slowly, and that's why there's an idea that we eat for maror lettuce, because as you go deeper into the lettuce, it becomes more be- bitter and bitter. But all that is in brackets. Back to us. We see that we borrowed also smalot, so the question begs itself, why? Because... There's a famous Gemara that Rashi brings down as well, that there's three main reasons why Bnei Israel were saved and taken out of Egypt. Why? Why did HaKadosh Buhu save us from Mitzrayim? Because even though, as you know, the angels, the Malachim told HaKadosh Buhu, why, why are you saving them? Halalu avdei avodazorah and halalu avdei avodazorah. also Bnei Israel, they reached a very low level, or high level you should say, of Tumah, very low level, almost a memtet shari and and lichora they weren't really they didn't merit to be saved from mitzrayim, and right the Gemara says what's the reason they were saved because there are basic things three things they didn't change, shelo shinu they didn't change their name, 
they had the, they kept their Jewish names. Shiloshinu et levusham, the way they were dressed, and leshonam, and their language. So the question begs itself. One of the reasons, how can it be that we were commanded to take out clothing of Mitzrayim, of the Egyptians, where that is good for the reason that we were saved, that we didn't dress like them. So what's the idea that we take their clothing? Again, to summarize the question, in our parsha it says that Neishal, as they were commanded via Moshe from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to take their clothing as well. However, their clothing in the merit that we didn't dress up like we didn't dress like their clothing we were saved so what's the idea behind it so I looked and looked and I did find some Farshim that asked this question they don't really speak this question now but what they say answers the question if you look on Rashi and Sifti Chachamim which is a Mepharish that explains where Rashi is coming from and what bothered him he explains he explains that uh, he comes from a different question. He says, what do you mean? If they borrowed money from them, for sure, and jewelry, which is worth way more, for sure they borrowed also clothing. And then the answer is no. Clothing, it's not for sure. Clothing was harder for them to lend us because they were really under the impression that they're going to get it back. So when it came to money, they thought they were going to get it back. But when it came to clothing, they bemet no. There's no way they're going to wear this clothing. They're gonna, it's not... It's not appropriate this clothing for them, they're going to totally use the cloth, the cloth and the material to change it to something else, to different clothing or to tablecloths or whatever it is. And therefore, that was harder for them to give and even that they were willing to lend even though they knew pretty much they're not going to get it back. Okay, that's in a way saying Rashi bent, according to Siftei Chachamim, bent down to the question. Because the question so strong, even though he didn't speak out the question, but he says, yeah, there's no way, there's no way that HaKadosh Buhu would not let us wear the same clothing because intrinsically something's wrong with them. The Torah Tmima also, this Rav Zevlev said, I didn't see it in the Torah Tmima myself, he says that the Torah Tmima says, Inachinami, which means yes. The question is so strong and the answer is we took the clothing for the big people of the Egyptians, which was very not Sanua, and which, yeah, was not a modest clothing that which we are not allowed to wear, but we used it for our young, and for our young it was Sanua, because obviously even a small size for a big person fits pretty nicely on a smaller person. But I want to share with you what Avzev Lef said, and as we know, you can learn from a lot of things from one Pasuk, of course, you have to realize that it's Emes, and you have to be careful who you hear the Divrei Torah from. But, what I want, to, what I want to share with you the following answer. Again, the question is, these clothing, what's going on? If they're intrinsically wrong, which it seems like they are, because that's why we merited to leave Mitzrayim and Hashem save us, so why are we being commanded to take them? And if there's nothing wrong with them, then why? What's the big deal that we didn't dress like them? Who cares if we dress like them? Zevlev wants to answer a big Yisoyed. The Yisoyed is for sure. MS. It's an unbelievable Yisoyed. The Yisoyed is as follows. There's some things in life that according to the Torah, it's glad, it's clean, no problem. You can do it. There's no halachic ramification or there's nothing wrong with it. However, it's not the spirit of the law. As my father always says, there's the law and there's the spirit of the law. The spirit of the law, something's missing. And I think m- most times, deep in our hearts, we know when it's not right what we're doing, even though the dry halachas seem that it's right. By the way, that has a term, it's called the Naval Birshusa Toyra. You can find loopholes and you can somehow 
say, yeah, I'm meeting all the criteria, all the laws of the Torah, but you can be Naval Bershusa Torah, which is this idea. Al-Kopanim, so Rav life wants to say the following, the clothing of the Egyptians was fine, there was no problem with it. However, the problem was that if we would dress with those clothes because we want to look like them, that would be a problem. We can't want to be like the Goyim. When I remember when I was growing up, there was all kinds of things that people did to be like the Goyim. They got a step haircut or whatever it was, to be like the Goyim. He says, yeah, there could be halachically, if you leave enough hair, of course, on the bottom step, because if not, then that's a bra- another problem uh, I say, Lota Kifu Peat Oshchem, but we won't get into that. That's if it's on zero, or very, very little. But I'll call Panim, you see this idea that there could be things in life that are totally appropriate and halal, not appropriate, they're halakhically fine. But the fact that we do them for the wrong reason, even though in essence they're fine, that could be a problem. This is the lesson HaKadosh who wants to teach us, says Rav Zevlev. Why? Because in Mitzrayim, if you wear those clothes, that would be a bad thing. Yeah, they're Tzanua clothing, which by the way makes sense. If you look at our great-grandparents, everyone was just Tzanua. It's only in our genera- in the previous generations that... Um, news has become an issue, even in the Gentiles, in the Goyim, I'm not even talking about the Jewish people. So it makes sense, everyone was just Tzanua in those days. However, it's wrong for us to dress because we want to be and look like the Goyim. That, that's a problem. And therefore, Kol Od, the Mitzrim were alive and they were with us and living in the same country, and then it's obvious we're, being, we're dressing with those clothes to be like them, it's a problem. HaKadosh Baruch teaches teaches us, but I know that when you'll be in the desert and when you'll go into, you'll be in different places, then you're going to be on your own without Mitzrim. Then there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with wearing those clothes. And that's why Dafka, what's that? That's the motivation that Akadosh, for HaKadosh Baruch to want us to take these clothes out. Because he wanted to show us that even though it was an amazing thing we did that we didn't wear them in Mitzrayim, because that would mean that we'd want to be like them. But you should know that and there's nothing wrong with it. So you see the things in life that are totally clean and glad and fine. But the reason we do it could make it not appropriate. And we'll end with a story that Avzev Lev said that he was teaching in some uh, yeshiva high school. And there was three boys. This was a long time ago. Probably when we were children. Um, when the Beatles were in charge of the world, or whatever you want to call it. Chas in charge of the world, but they took the world over by surprise. And uh, and everyone wanted to be like the Beatles. They had a major effect on fashion, Minastam. I mean, when I look at old pictures, I, I see that. And three people in the yeshiva suddenly started growing their hair long. So the Rosh Yeshiva says, well, what's Pshat? Why are you growing your hair long? So they go, well, well what's the problem? A Nazir, a Nazir, someone very holy, can uh, grows his hair long, and uh, and even the Rogotchova grew his hair long because he didn't want to waste time on getting a haircut. So Kolod was halachically okay. He grew. So you see that there's nothing wrong with growing your hair long. So the, the Rosh Hashiva over there looked at them and they said to three of them, "Listen carefully. If you don't come with a haircut tomorrow, you're expelled or you're out of this yeshiva." And they go, why, why? There's nothing halakhically wrong. So he answered them back, you're right. It could be according to some shitas out there that there's nothing wrong with growing your hair a little bit long. It depends. Some shitas say for tefillin shalosh it's a problem because it becomes a chatzitsa. It, it's a barrier between the tefillin and, uh, and, uh, 
the head, whatever. But some shita say it's okay. And you see, the Rogachover did it, it's true. But it doesn't matter that halachically it's totally clean and fine. You're doing it for the wrong reason. You're doing it to become like the Beatles and to be swept away like the world is with fashion and and, and connect to be like the Beatles. And that's not my team. That's not my team. This is the same idea we see by us. That we'll be able to bring up our families in such a fashion that we do not only what halachically is right and what the law, the halacha, the Buhu that we got and Rishonim wrote it down for us in a very, very easy to use fashion, especially today with all the books that are out there that summarizes the halachas, but a lot more than that. We have to make sure that we meet the spirit of the law. And I think everyone deep inside in their hearts know that even though he's doing something that's halachically right, when maybe there's something, a tinge of something not 100%, and if you're not sure, you have a rav that you can always ask. Or, that's what it says also, you have to find yourself a good friend that's totally not biased and will tell you the truth, what he really thinks is right for you, and he knows you. Have a good Shabbos. Call to.